This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And, well, first thing I will say, it's actually our 751st podcast. You probably missed out because the last podcast we did from the pub after we lost to Bournemouth 1-0 was actually our 750th podcast. A massive landmark as far as we're concerned. A besotted, we give ourselves a round of applause as we do. But um, I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint on the 751st podcast, a um, little bit disappointed that we're not actually talking with celebration, the fact that we actually might have actually got a point or even a win against Bournemouth in the playoff semi-final first league. But it is only half-time. And uh, I have to admit, looking around, looking around the internet, and also talking to my chums, my buddies, WhatsApp, chatting to them on the phone, people aren't as despondent as I thought they'd be. People seem to be sort of relatively, I wouldn't say up, but they're still relatively confident because they know it's a two, well, two-legged race and we're in the second leg. And they also think that we're looking in pretty good shape for this second leg. So I'm Billy Grant, as I say, I'm here in the virtual joint and I've got my main Laney in the house. Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, as you said, yeah, well done, I say. Uh, pat ourselves on the back. Congratulate ourselves because no one else is going to, are they? You know what I mean? No one else gives a monkeys, do they, really? <laughs> but yeah. But uh, yeah, so 750, that's quite a big number. That's, that's, quite, that's quite a lot of, uh, you know, hello and welcome to the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. That's a lot of twangs, isn't it? So uh, yeah, yeah ho- hopefully people are still enjoying it. And we, we, still enjoy, we still enjoy doing it. So uh, I'm sure we'll get to the, 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 the thousand in no time at all. So uh, yes, and hopefully it will be in a division that's uh, the one up on the one we're in at the moment. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And just, just just thinking back, like I said to you, you know, what we may do is over the summer, we may have a, you know, we, we, you know, we like putting that stuff out, and we might actually use the opportunity to, you know, to put some stuff out over the summer, um, put some old, maybe put some old podcasts out. I mean, obviously, we did the Question Time podcast. We might do a few more different podcasts like that, just different. You know, obviously, we can't. We haven't got any games to talk about, but we may put out some retro podcasts. You know, things that some people who may be new listeners haven't heard, and we'll just throw them out there as well. And also, like I said to you, you know, we might be doing a few specials again over the summer. So, uh, like I said to you, look out for that. But you know, said seven hundred and fifty podcasts. I mean, that is <laughs> that is a lot 
of uh, our podcast. The very first one as well. Do you remember, Lady? And we talk about this a lot. Is uh, on the on the on the train back from Middlesbrough in our very first season in the Championship, where we got absolutely whooped four nil, and we just didn't know what to say on the train home. And we just took the phone out and we pressed the button and we had a, we had the cheap version of the podcast then we had the sort of kind of the <laughs> we had the sort of kind of like you know try this out and if you like it you have to pay lots of money so we only had 10 minutes to give our thoughts so we all went around and we said what we had to do one minute each I think there's about 10 of us and then uh, it was nine minutes 59 we stopped the button and then uh, we got to kink we put it up we just put it up in the air on the train and it went into, into hyperspace. And then when we arrived at King's Cross Station, what, four hours later, it had done like thousands of like listens. And we were like, oh, blimey, this is quite popular. So we better start doing a podcast. So uh, that was a that was a long time ago, that lane. If you think about it, there's a bit of a link there with uh, Middlesbrough and now, because obviously Middlesbrough were our, well, like they were our, 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 uh, our playoff team, weren't they, back then? Yeah, the, the playoffs, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's... it's, it's impressive that we've been that consistent you know you know you can be frustrated that you know the the, the being at the top of the division and, and three playoff attempts um hasn't hasn't got us up as yet you know i know as you say we're halfway through this this sort of two-legged affair with bournemouth but uh you know as as brentford fans you know to to be punching in the top top half of the championship year after year it shows that you know we, we have been consistent and it's you know we, we need to at some stage push on um, rather than uh, push back so you know just hopefully we can we can put take one step further on Saturday morning against Bournemouth and really kind of show the world what we're capable of because I thought fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah of course um, I just don't I don't think we did ourselves quite enough justice on, on Monday night I think we I think we've got a lot to be confident about and a lot to be hopeful about but uh, you know as Thomas Frank was actually right he said it's going to be a very very close tie over over the two legs and it's going to be finite margins and you know that was proved by Mbwemo's miss on, on Monday night you know which we, I, I think that's, that should have been a draw Monday but it is what it is Bill it is what it is so listen we're going to come back and talk about that game the game that we played on Monday in a little tad. Um, but like I said to you, I just want to sort of kind of lay it here now. As we said in the previous podcast, we normally used to get sort of thousands of people on and we make a whole hullabaloo, especially about occasions like this. But I think we're a little bit long in the teeth for all that now. And also, like I said to you, we're trying to hold it down. We're trying to concentrate on the game in hand. And so we just thought, tell you something, instead of getting millions of people in, you know, myself and Laney are going to chat about the game. You know, our feelings are going to be the same as your feelings. Just thrash a few things out. We're going to get Russell, the Bournemouth fan, in as well. We're going to chat to him about what he thinks of the game. We've got JB coming in, giving him some thoughts about previous playoffs and, you know, ending up the season. And then we're just going to concentrate the game on Saturday because the reality is we need to get to Wembley. So we can talk as much as we want to now. But there's no point talking now. I think we need to just kind of just get it off our backs. Let's get down to the game on Saturday. Hopefully, let's get the win that we need, and then we'll move on. And also, while I remember it as well, don't forget to check out, I think it's Cherry's Red Army as well, on Friday night. There's going to be a live podcast on there with the other three fans, the Swansea fans, Swans cast. I'm there with the, the Cherry's Red Army guys, and I'm also there with Carlo from Red's Report. We're 7.30, I believe it is, and we're going to be talking live about the matches at the weekend as well so check that out on the Brentford Twitter Brentford Facebook page as well or just check out any of those guys sites as well which is all good but anyway we're going to go away we're going to have a little break we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the muff so 
Brentford went to the Vitality Stadium and they didn't get as much vitality as we would have liked them to, to be quite honest with you, as they came away with a 1-0 loss against the Muff, or as other people know them, Bourne Muff. It was a game where, I don't know, it was quite exciting. It was actually quite nerve-wracking. I wasn't really nervous, actually, before the game. Um, you know, the lead-up to the game, I was actually really, really chilled. Not because I was, you know, arrogant or confident or anything like that, but it's just one of those ones where I've been through so many of these. I just thought I need to, I've, I think I've learned to manage my kind of my, my feelings. So, uh, you know, went to the pub, sat in the globe. It's all good. You know, the game ended up quite tight at the beginning. Bournemouth looked like they were, you know, they were quite up for it. Or is it the fact that Brentford were not quite sort of firing on all cylinders? I don't know what it was, but the game was still tight. And that's when I started to get... A little bit nervous it had to be said during the game the thing I think that was probably the most disappointing thing was Brentford we played Bournemouth a few weeks ago and we were on fire I mean we just like we just basically railroaded them and they just didn't know what the hell was going on and we beat them 1-0 and we should have beat them by more this game I don't know whether or not it was we were too cagey or whether or not like I said to you the players weren't all firing on all cylinders we'll talk about that in a little bit but we didn't come out at Bournemouth at the same way that we did before and Bournemouth looked as a result I think better than they did I'm not saying that they're a bad team because they're a good team anyway some good players but Bournemouth looked like they were more up for it and they were more up for probably getting the goal or getting the chances but we managed to hold out and uh, you know we'll talk about this in a bit you know even though they look like it you know looking at the actual stats um, Bournemouth did all right they didn't do great you know it's almost like I think they had a lot of the ball and they looked sort of kind of dangerous some of the time but they probably their end product wasn't as great as what it should have been so in the end of the day we didn't get the result we wanted and it was a bit frustrating because as you said earlier Laney you think it should have been a draw? Listen, you know, people say, well, you didn't go to get the goal and it was 1-0 and Bournemouth did score and maybe they should have scored a few more. But I mean, I'd say for a fact that, you know, Bournemouth had, what's it, I think they had two chances. OK, they had two big chances um, in the area. And, uh, and and yes, OK, maybe they should have, you know, they should have scored from, from you know, from, from one more of those big chances. But, you know, Brentford had four big chances in the area or they had, they had two or they had three massive chances and two smaller chances as well which we didn't score from and I think that you know that's that is the probably the difference between the two of us I mean Bournemouth had Dan Juma in the 55th which is obviously the goal that he scored we'll talk that about that in a bit we also had Solanke in the 18th minute which you know you could argue say there should have been a goal you know 33% of chances like that normally hit the back of the net Laney I mean I know your frustration about us not getting the draw I mean do you truly think that we were hard done by I am, um, to a certain extent, hard done by. Um, to a certain extent, self-inflicted, um, and a certain extent, kind of a bit relieved because, you know, Bournemouth they did create more uh, on, on Monday night than they did when we played down there a couple of weeks back. Um, we we created kind of similar amount of chances overall, um, and you know, we said before the game that if we were going to get anything out of this, uh, then we needed to be watertight at the back and, and be a bit more clinical up top. Um, it almost worked. Um, you know, we, we didn't have to go too gung ho um, because you know it's a, it was it's a, it was a hundred you know so hundred eighty minute tie, not nineties. So it, it it was just frustrating to give that goal away the way we did. And you know, you can beat up on one player, um, and you know we, we're not 
normally people to do that and I, it just made me a bit angry afterwards because it, it could have been you know if, you can either be really angry with Mbwemo for missing that chance and then that, that could have been a 1-0 if Pontus hadn't have uh, been caught massively out of position and I just don't really know. I mean, I've watched the goal like a million times. I'm just not really sure what Pontus is doing there because, um, you know, in this new system with, with three stroke five at the back, you expect your, you know, your three to be to be really sort of like not really pushing for much further past the halfway line because you're relying on those. those you, want, you, want, you want your wingers to be the ones bombing and bombing on the wing. Um, and he just got he played just a silly ball and you know he was he just had no then no chance of, of, of getting back in time and they, they they played the ball through to you know Danjuma who was in the position where where Pontus would have been if he hadn't gone walkabout and I just you know I, I do get the I, I do understand it you know that's all part of the way we play we're adventurous we, we, we do take risks because we're you know we're confident in our ability in creating high quality chances and you you have to do some of that um, but I just thought it was a, a poor poor timing you know it was you know, if you're chasing the game with 10 minutes to go and you you, you know you're two down and you need a goal back I, I guess you take the chances but you know sitting at nil nil well, I, I just I don't think he needed to well, be 55 there, to be minutes honest. as well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think Bournemouth were there for the, the taking to, to a certain degree. They they played, they started the game pretty well. They'd had an, a decent amount of chances. David Rare had, had, had um, made a couple of saves, um, and they they got themselves into some pretty pretty tidy positions. If, I, if I'm honest with you, and they they they, they showed what their potential are, they're capable are, but they seem to be spluttering again. Um, and which was good. So we obviously smelt that and thought if we could we could up it at the second half, we you know we get something more than just a draw. Um, go out there and, and show our class, and we did. We looked. Well, I thought I thought we looked very good, almost almost from start to finish. Like it, it was a it was a decent performance, but it just again it was just that 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 Achilles heel that we have of of something that's self induced, something that. You know, if you take if Mbwemo takes that chance and and um, Pontus doesn't give the ball away there, um, he, he didn't he didn't even try and chip it down into the corner. He literally played it into a danger area. And I, and I, and, I'll, and I'll say you know I have to say again, I thought Matthias Jensen was shocking. Um, you know he looks nonchalant at times, and I, we just we just have to have big games out of all of our big players if we're going to do this. You know, it's not going to happen. You know, we we aren't going to win on on Saturday. We aren't going to turn this game around if three, stroke four or, or five of our players aren't at their best. But we need eleven players at their best for us to get through to the the playoff final. You know, it it, it, it it's obvious, um, and we, we we seem to carry two two at least two players on on Monday night, and I think we I think we paid the price for that, Bill. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, one minute you're saying that you thought actually we looked very, very good. But if you look around at the comments within, you know, our group looking at online and looking at people who are not Brentford fans as well, you know, again, and this is not a case of sort of kind of pointing fingers, but listen, we're doing an analysis of the game here now. So we kind of look around and mention a few names. There's a few names that kind of went down uh, where people were questioning, saying whether or not, you know, if that performance is better, would Brentford as a whole be better? So one person... 
that was uh, that, that that was questioned was Rosliff. They thought that he had a bit of a t- he had a bit of a torrid time, you know, on that side, you know, with the with the Bournemouth forwards actually kind of sort of kind of giving him a bit of a hard time. Jensen was definitely picked out uh, quite a few times as well. Um, Fossu as well was another player who you know was sort of seen as being you know probably a little bit anonymous. And then another couple of players that were plucked out obviously is Ivan Tony and uh, Marcus Force, um, mainly because they couldn't get into the game. You know, so we've got these two players who couldn't get into the game. And also, we were talking Norgard as well. When he was playing in the centre of the three as well, you know, it was it was talked about the fact that they thought that he wasn't nearly as up to par as he has been with other matches as well. And again, if you've got sort of kind of that number of players who are not performing up to par, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to actually kind of get a result. And the fact is, that if you think about it, we almost got a nil all, you know, out of this game. You know, if, if, you, if you ignore, you know, Mbumo's miss... You know, we almost got a nil all if it wasn't for um, Pontus Edson doing the hokey-cokey, you know, on the side of the line. Obviously, someone in the crowd must have started playing some Irish music, like, you know what I'm saying? And Pontus started doing some Irish dancing, you know what I'm saying? It's like jiggery-pokery. His legs started going. And before you knew it, giving the ball to the Bournemouth player and bang, 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 there you go. The ball's in the back of the net. So, you know, I think that this is one of the things that is key for us for us to, um, to, to to address. I mean, you've talked about Jensen and we're not trying to pluck an outlet to Jensen because part of, the, part, of the, part of the issue that we've got is that we know that Jensen can have a brilliant game. If he has a brilliant game, we're on fire. So what do you do? Do you kind of stick it out and just wait for Jensen to have a brilliant game? Or do you actually, you know, make a change and you bring in someone like this or somebody else, you know, at the time? I mean, what, 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 what do you do, Laney? Well, you know, maybe, maybe we're... We're watching kind of in that game pretty much uh, you know a, 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 a micro version of our season you know de- de- decent decent in in, in in you know in the hole but you know just not quite good enough um, but they just we're just fortunate that it's, it's only it's only one goal um, and uh, as Thomas Frank said after the game they're going to come out of the traps flying on on Saturday morning. Um, their their words, you know, it's easy it's easy to say that. Um, we need to we need to witness it with our eyes. We need to see the players come out and just put in the ninety minutes of their lives. Um, you know, we can. I think I think it's fair that we you know we're, we're criticising one or two players here. Um, so and we're, maybe maybe we'll just say there's room for improvement. And you know, if we if we expect any more from this season, then they ha- they have to improve. We can't we can't we can't get. We just don't. None of us should expect us to progress to the final if we don't improve on that performance on on Monday. I thought it was okay overall, but you know, there's, there's, there was errors there. Um, David Rare almost gifted him a, a second goal towards the end. He got away. He got away with that. You know, he, he kicked it straight at their player. Um, and that ball could have gone absolutely anywhere. Um, it could have gone straight to, you know, could have fallen to the player who would have walked it in the back of the net, and or the shot that, that, that was the follow-up could have been on target and in the, in the far corner of the goal, and he wouldn't, st- he wouldn't have stood a chance. So, um, you know, uh, I think I think we can be thankful that it's one. And as I, as I keep saying, you know, um, it, it, for us just to say, oh yeah, come on, we can turn this around. Yeah, we can, and we know we're capable of it. But we have to we have to see ninety minutes from all of those players on uh, on, on Saturday morning. Yeah, no, I hear that, Laney. I tell you what, though, I mean, as you know, we. We're a stats-based club as well. It's not everything that we use is stats. We've 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 decided to give uh, Will the spreadsheet winker a little bit of a rest this week because at the end of the day, 
you know, listen, we kind of know what happened in that game. Like I said to you, you know, looking at that game, we, you know, we did, you know, we did probably better than, than people thought from a stats point of view. But we didn't get the goals that we did. We could we could have been so much better. I mean, looking from the from an XG level, we had 1.87 to 1.06 for Bournemouth. So that kind of gives you an idea of how it went. Like I said to you, two big chances for Bournemouth. One was Dan Juma on 55 minutes. That's 33% chance of going in. So basically one in three of those chances go in as well. And also you had Solanke on 18 minutes. Again, one in three of those chances normally go in. Other than that, they had, you know, it was minuscule. It was, you know, billing. You know, on 12 minutes, you know, uh, 8%. So like less than 1 in 10 of those normally go in. You've also had uh, Brooks on 41 minutes as well, 5%. So, you know, you know, 5 out of 100 of those normally go in. So that's where it's at. Whereas, like I said, for Brentford, for our 1.87, we had Jensen on 61 minutes, 25% of those chances go in. We had Marcondes on 67 minutes, 34% of those normally go in, which is a big chance that as well. Obviously, in Bumo, and we'll talk about that in a minute, Laney, 78 minutes, 58%. So 60% of those chances normally get, that's basic. That's almost a penalty, that one as well. So we don't know how you missed that as well. And then we had Norgard and Tony as well in 32 and 52, who had just under 20% as well. So, you know, and these were all just in and around the six-yard so these are sort of quite big chances that we could have put away and if we had our shooting boots on if we were you know if we were more clinical you know it might have been a different story altogether there was also the the word on the penalty as well again we didn't talk about it too much in the pub you know we don't we're not the kind of team anymore that just rests on you know like when you play Leeds god they go on and on and on about the penalty that they should have had this is one of those things where you know we're just so used to it by now but the, the commentators kept on going on about this penalty, which was quite early on in the game as well. And I mean, obviously, that could have swung things, couldn't it, Laney? Yeah, it could have done. Um, I didn't think it was a penalty, um, really, but you know, it's, it, it could have it could have been given. That's that's one another one of those with with VAR. You know, VAR probably would have given it. Um, I didn't think it was when I was watching it. You watch it back in in slow mo, then then you can get a sort of a better better kind of view of, of what's happened so in, in real time I, I think you know the, I can understand why the referee didn't give it um, but in slow-mo um, and looking at it four times it, yeah it, it could have been given but uh, I think I think we created an, enough um, I, th- I think like going back to you know the fact that it's a two, two-leg affair and you could kind of you can kind of let the players off slightly that all the time it's nil-nil they're thinking some part of them is thinking rather that you know they're it's about taking it back to Griffin Park New Griffin Park it's about finishing the job off there and at nil-nil why you know you're kind of in your comfort zone you're, you're not you're not losing you're you know you, you're, you're kind of everything's going to plan so Saturday I think it does help us. We haven't got to do a lot more, a lot more different to what we did on Monday. We have to obviously blitz them, and Bournemouth will be scared. They they know what's coming their way. They're going to get ninety. They're going to get ninety minutes of constant Brentford wave after wave of attack. We have, we have to go and, and turn this game around. You know, you can say we don't. We can win it one 0 We can say to extra time penalties. That's not that's not the way that we're going to do this. We'll take it if that's the way it transpires, but. That's, that's not going to be the game plan. So Bournemouth will be nervous. Um, and we, I guess we'll be 
confident in our own ability, why, why wouldn't we be? You know, we've we've created enough chances over three games uh, against Bournemouth so far this season to to have won all three, or just to be unbeaten against them. Our record against them is decent. They'll be, you know, they were frightened uh, on on Monday night because they were wasting time in the corner with with minutes to go. They weren't trying to get a second goal. Um, they were quite they were quite happy to be one goal up and take it to our place. So um, we we will be confident, um, and we just know we have to be focused and just up it. So maybe maybe there, there's the excuse for some of those suboptimum uh, performances because they didn't really have to be at a hundred percent. Um, they do have to be, and they will know they have to be on Saturday morning. Um, it was just literally it's about staying in the tie, getting it back to our place, and um, and finishing the job off, or uh, you know turning turning round what is a, you know the narrowest of advantages. We did it against Swansea um, last year. We we know what we have to do, so, and we've done it before. So I guess yeah, you, 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 there's, there's every reason to be confident in that. But part of me is you know Bournemouth. Are decent, you know. If we if we screw up once at the back, they they they're more than more than able to punish us. And then two nil down, um, we're 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 desperate. So, we, but the thing is, we've got a decent crowd in on Saturday morning. Um, all of them have to take responsibility for creating and generating noise. Um, don't come along and sit on your hand and just be happy to be there. Um, just come, come and scream and shout and get behind them because, you know, it, it's not about patting yourselves on the back for having enough loyalty points to get into the game. You're there to serve a purpose, and that's to be that 12th man. You know, the, the, it's, it's a, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a you know cliche, but that's that's our role is to be there. It's not to, it's not to just sit sit there and just be happy to be in the new ground looking at the surroundings it's to scream and get behind the players and give them all the backing and all the encouragement they, they can so uh, yeah if, you, if you're lucky enough to get a ticket do your job yeah so look I mean just going back to the game looking at the stats I mean look we're getting on whoscored.com here as well looking at that game actually you know strength they didn't put any strengths down for Bournemouth or Brentford but the weaknesses they said Bournemouth didn't have any significant weaknesses and for us we were aggressive so that's kind of what sort of cost us as well Bournemouth favoured long shots we attacked through the middle and favoured through balls now now interestingly I mean you know when it comes to attempts wise you know we had 11 shots ahead 9 we had 10 in open play there had 5 uh, we had one set piece to three. You know, they had one counter-attack, which we all know about, and we didn't have any. Um, but they only had one counter-attack, which is interesting. And we didn't have any, which is, you know, I'm not be funny if that's going to be our game and we didn't get the counter-attack, which means we're not getting our players on the ball, you know. Um, but also, what I thought was interesting, because obviously we look at the top performers, some people say, mm, we don't, you know, we don't really rate whoscored.com, but, you know, they are a very renowned site and we always look at it... <laughs> A lot when we get lots of people in the top 10 of their charts. So um, the top performers for this game, the number one was Steve Cook, 7.7. Then Dan Juma at 7.6. Then Lloyd Kelly at 7.2. David Brooks at 7.2. And Adam Smith at 7. So basically the top five performers were all Bournemouth, which maybe kind of tells a story there as well. You know, and, um, you know, again, dribbling, you know, Dan Juma on three. Jensen on two. Smith on two. Brooks and two, Lerma on one. 
as well. So I kind of like, you know, again, I'm just sort of throwing them in, you know, just throwing them into the middle there just to see kind of like, you know, where it's at, what's going on, but um, for the, what was going on for that game when you're sort of talking about, you know, who is performing, who wasn't performing, um, who could be performing better. But also the thing that I'm going to throw into the pot there as well is the game I thought sort of kind of changed slightly when obviously we were 1-0 down, we decided to bring on a couple of substitutes and we brought on Rico Henry and also Dalsgaard came on as well for Ruslev. And even though Rico Henry was, you know, rusty because he hasn't played for ages, you know, and Dalsgaard hasn't played for a while as well, I thought, and then there's, I think there's a shift where Norgaard has actually moved up where, um, you know, up the pitch. I think that all of a sudden we looked a little bit more. It reminded me of like a city of old school Brentford. I just thought to myself, oh, hold on a minute here. We remembered why, you know, Dale's guard is quality. We remember why Rico is quality. And I thought at that stage, because you said that they were holding on, say for, not for dear life, but, you know, they were kind of playing for, a, <laughs> they were happy with the 1-0 win at that stage. And I think that they might have been a little bit scared when they saw these players going on, knowing that they could actually cause them some damage and maybe they weren't expecting them to come on at all. So what all I'm saying is that my kind of sort of kind of little light at the end of the tunnel is that we're coming to this game on Saturday We've got a crowd, right? A big crowd who, you know, again, no due respect to Bournemouth, but I thought that they were all right noise-wise, but maybe they come off for work and they're a little bit tired or whatever like that. You know, we're going to be down the pub at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know what I'm saying, just getting ourselves properly fired up. It's a Saturday. You know, we've got 4,500 fans down there. We need to make some noise. So we're going to go to that stadium, making some noise down that as well. Plus, you know, with fingers crossed, I'll be quite surprised if, you know, one of Dalesgard or Rico won't be featuring as well. There's going to be some sort of change, I think, from 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 Monday's game. I, I believe, and I think that this is going to kind of. Uh, I think there's going to be. Uh, I think there's going to be. It's going to be slightly different. I think we're going to apply a little bit more pressure on Bournemouth than we did last time because I think the players going to come back in jail with the fans coming inside there, and I, I think it's definitely going to be different. Yeah, I, I think Rico and Dalesgard. Have to, have to start, you know. They 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 provide uh, more experience um, at you know and and high level experience than than Canos at, at left back. Although Canos at left back was I thought was excellent. Canos was my man of the match. Uh, he was everywhere. He was brilliant. That's the Sergi we all love. Um, and you know um, and uh, Dalsgaard on on the you know on the right. Um, he he's he's provided that. Consistency, um, I'd, I'd say, uh, all the time he's been here, he's you know dipped a little bit sometimes, but you know I, I think um, Roslev um, he'll be on the bench. I would have thought. I do, but Rico, that's, that's a bit. I'm scratching my head a little bit. Of course, I'm delighted to see him. You know, it was just horrible when he, you know, he pulled up at Coventry, and we, we knew that he was going to be out for probably the rest of the season. So it's great to see him back, have him back in the camp. But yeah, this isn't about him getting match fit for the final few games, is it? This is this is this is the this is it. And if if he's not if he is rusty and he's and he's not fully on it, then maybe Canos is probably a better bet. But you know um, we know what we know what Rico's capable of. You, you assume that you know he's, it was just a couple of bad touches. I do say with Rico, and I'm quite harsh on him. I think he's one of the easiest. But he's clearly one of the fastest players in the division, and mopping up, you know, that's why we only leave him back sometimes at the corners, because you know that he's going to, you know, reel anyone in. But 
his delivery sometimes is just really, really poor. Um, you know, his control. I mean, obviously we have to forgive him. You know, he's been out for such a long time, and he'll be he'll be frustrated with himself as well. So, you know, it's not it's not about kind of just rubbing his nose in it, but you know, that's we we it was a stage of the game where that ball has to be played in um, with pace and in you know just in an incredible dangerous corridor, not. But coming off his shin and running it into the goalkeeper with 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 not without either taking a shot or putting a cross in, even if it's a poor cross. So you know we do need our players. I repeat myself: we need them all at their best. We don't. We can't carry anyone on Saturday morning. So if anyone's not match fit 100%, if anyone's not you know up to, up fully up to speed, they can't play. You know we we need we need everyone um, just going for it so you know I, I won't I won't I won't repeat myself again but you know it's it's great to see Rico but he needs to be better than he was on Monday okay, that goes without a shadow of a doubt but listen anyway listen we're going to take a little break because we're going to listen to what JB Jonathan Birchill has got to say with his facts and his funk Jonathan Birchall here again. So we went 1-0 down in the first leg playoff match. One of the trends of this season has been that in 15 of our 46 league games, we also went 1-0 down. Six we turned into wins, and four into draws. Our form going into this year's playoffs has been the best of our 10 appearances, as we took 13 out of the possible 15 points from our last five games. Although ironically, one of the seasons we did reach the final in 1997 against Crewe, we'd only taken three from 15. In our nine previous playoff semi-finals, we've lost the first leg on three occasions. Last season, against Swansea, was the only time we've overturned a deficit. Saturday may see a penalty shootout. Today, we've been involved in 26 in various competitions, and initially in the 1990s got off to a dreadful start, winning just one out of the first six. However, since then our form has improved, and our record now stands with 10 ending in defeats, but 16 in wins. So that was JB with some facts and some funk, some original old school kind of keeping us with a light at the end of the tunnel. But um, I have to admit, though, listen, you know, listen, we, we talk about facts, you know, we've talked about that. We've, we were talking about the red and white stripes last week and we were talking about all the, you know, all, you know, the fact that we've never won a playoff final. And is this, you know, I mean, you shouldn't probably be talking about this now. We won one down to Bournemouth at halftime. But, you know, we we're talking about whether or not it's a red and white stripes or it's the wrong dressing room or whether or not it's just all a load of nonsense as well. We got, no, you don't know. It's interesting because he talked about the fact that, you know, Brentford really turn around a 1-0 win Def- defeats you mean Def- sorry 1-0 defeat. defeats that's right a 1-0 defeat so does that mean that cancels everything else out if we actually do it you know what I'm saying and we will be able to do it again and um, and also the other thing is that I remember there was always a thought especially you know the fact that England had never won a penalty shootout I think there was always the thought that Brentford never won a penalty shootout either as well but it looks like we've actually started to come in to our own with penalties and, and maybe we should just be praying and hoping for penalties lady what, what do you think yeah, no, it's always good to hear these stats and these facts, and because you know, historically they you know they paint a picture and they just they tell you. I mean, I, you know, I, there's no way on the earth I would have I would have said we we'd had 26 penalty shootouts. Um, I've seen probably most of them as well, but you know, they, they don't mean 
they, they just that's just what's happened up until you know up until Monday night it doesn't they, they bear absolutely no relevance to what's going to happen on Saturday morning it's just it is interesting and it is it is fascinating I, I love I love hearing them but you know you can't say oh because this has happened uh, in, in 1975 then this is going to happen on Saturday morning it's you know it's, it's interesting and I, and I like it but you know they're just they, they don't they're, just because it has happened it doesn't mean it's going to it's gonna happen forever. So, you know, unless unless we, you know, unless you just you we're massively unlucky again, um, then you know, I, I I I look at I look at Monday night and I'm and I'm very very confident that we've got players there that are capable of of, of, of knocking knocking Bournemouth out of this. So, uh, just gotta as I said, see it with my own eyes. On Saturday morning, you mean? On Saturday morning. Sorry, Saturday morning. Yeah. Talk about, talk about penalties, Danny. And again, not shootouts such. Do you, do you remember Ke- uh, is it Kev O'Connor's penalty against and, and playoffs? Kev O'Connor in, in the playoffs at Swindon, was it? Yeah, well, in uh, the, the yeah, it was. But the pre before Yeovil, the play yeah, the play that's right, the playoff semi that's a playoff semi final, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was the week after the week after the trotter, wasn't it? So yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so again, talking about talking about penalties, you know, I'm just saying playoffs and penalties. That was uh, oh yeah. yeah successful there so you know some, <laughs> you never know so maybe if you you know if you're just looking for any excuse to try and kind of make make it look like we're going to do something well there's one I'm not doing a very good job actually am I Laney no no well, it proves your point you know it's, it's best to but if, if, if we've if we've you know we've lost it's best to kind of park it rather than rather than carrying it around <laughs> being burdened with it for the rest of your life so uh, yeah it's just like yeah forget forget the ones you lose and then remember the ones you do you, you win yes. then, that's, that's uh, right that's right but anyway listen you know we've got a big game coming up on Saturday morning we're playing Bournemouth again second leg it's only half time as far as we're concerned at the moment now and anything can happen in the second half especially if you've got extra time and penalties to come in the second game as well so look we thought we we're going to find out a little bit about Bournemouth so I actually had a little chat with my chum Russell Crew, Bournemouth fan he's been supporting Bournemouth for years and years and years we thought we'd have a little chin wag and we'll talk about that game that we played a few days ago and just in general about Brentford and Bournemouth so big game Saturday as uh the muff, ball muff, come down to New Griffin Park, as we call it, for the very first time ever. Is it the very first time they've been down there? It's not the very first time, actually. They came down there just before December as well. So uh, it's going to be the second time they're at New Griffin Park. And I think for the Bournemouth fans, they're going to be hoping that it's going to be a better game for them than it was the last time they came down to New Griffin Park, as we got the victory then. But as they come into this game, they're 1-0 up, as we've been talking about this whole podcast, and we're hoping we can turn it around. But we needed a bit more info, a bit of intel on Bournemouth. So we will go over to my mate, Russell. Russell the Karoo. He's got all the information on Bournemouth. Russ, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, Billy. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. A little bit nervous, but I'm cool, actually. Tell you something, it's almost like, you know, I've weathered the storm of so many playoffs. This is just yet another one. It's almost like going out into sort of a, into the snow with, with, with no clothes on whatsoever and you, you don't feel cold at all because you're just so used to it. <laughs> It's suddenly all familiar. It's not hugely familiar. We, we have been in playoffs before, but it's um, yeah, it's it's a funny, it's a funny business, isn't it? Really, it's kind of you. I'm really pleased that we're in the playoffs, and you look at all the other teams in the division who didn't make it. But it, it's a funny way to end the season 
very strange feeling. I, the kind of the not knowing is killing me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and this is the thing because I mean, I'm not funny. And listen, we've known each other for years. You know, in fact, the very first game that Brentford played in the Championship was against Bournemouth away 1-0 Stanislaus scored the goal and we stayed me and my daughter and my son we all stayed at your house for the weekend as well and we had a jolly good um, South Coast weekend didn't we we had a lovely time we went to the beach we saw fireworks oh and some <laughs> football yeah it was fantastic that's right but listen Russ I mean you know ever since then you obviously went up that season Brentford stayed well we, we lost out in the playoffs actually or was it the following season you went out I can't we went, well, you went up pretty soon after that anyway you left us behind we've been in the Championship ever since we've been pretty regular in the Championships you've been Premier League but you came down last season and uh, it's been a little bit of a kind of eye-opener this championship for you since you've been back hasn't it? It's, again it, it's also been really strange this season I should at the moment I should have been for the last couple of months so excited about the chance of getting promoted we've only been in the Premier League once and it was amazing the problem with this season is the inconsistency of our performances across the year on paper, when you work your way through our squad, we should have been in one of the automatic positions. We should have been first or second. If the team, if the players we had and the team played to their potential, um, we should have killed it. Uh, when you see us when we're in our good games, when we're playing really well, we're stunning. I mean, genuinely stunning. But at the same time, we repeatedly turn out awful, awful performances. I say performances, I don't think the term... It is fair to be honest with you. It's, I, I, so many people have disappointed me individually, but it's not consistent. One week they can be great, the next week they're not so hot. Um, when we played you uh, the other night, Monday night, I was honestly expecting an away win. I really did. I, I just thought, I think we've, we've peaked too early uh, during the run towards the end of the season. Um, but the way that we managed to handle you, considering we had two players who we lost to injury they went off injured um i i have no i'm struggling for words a bit really i am genuinely pleased at how we did against you really really pleased i was delighted with the way we managed to keep control of uh ivan tony up front i thought that he was going to be a real handle handful for us i thought he was pretty quiet i don't know what you think um overall weirdly you gave me hope not just because we scored a goal and won one nil but i thought it was gonna be a very different score i'm i'm not convinced we're going to win the game at your place but at the same time i feel a lot more confident than i did yeah i must admit i did speak to you before the game and you know listen i don't get optimistic anymore i don't care what anybody else says because listen we know we've been there for so many years and you know no one else is going to sort of kind of just boost us up and, and make us feel like we're going to walk into a game and walk all over it but you did say beforehand that you said that you know, if you are, you know, okay, you said, you know, you might win 4 0, and even if you win 4 0, you might lose a return 5 0. But you also said that the way that you've been playing recently, you know, you didn't have much confidence with your team. And I think also you seem to be a little bit kind of uh, jaded and, and stung by the fact that, you know, when the bees went down and stung you at the vitality a few weeks before the end of the season. And we were, I mean, we were really good in that game, considering we'd come off the back of a, a really bad run. But we were pretty good and we, we won 1 0. But the reality is we should have won by 4 or 5. And I think that. That is probably the um, that, that, that's kind of the sort of that's Brentford all over. I think that is that's probably the reason why we didn't go up last season. Why we aren't higher in the league this season? You know, we create loads of really good chances and we just don't put them in the back of the net. And as a result of that, 
we don't necessarily get the results that we're going to get. And even against you, I'm going to say this, I didn't think that Brentford were great. We were okay. But compared to what we were like beforehand, we weren't really great this season and not taking anything away from Bournemouth. You know, with Bournemouth, you know, we're good in parts, but Bournemouth were there definitely for the taking. Me and Laney have been talking about that all podcast, this all podcast. But we did have about four very good chances. We talk about XG and I've talked about this pod again, you know, quite high XG chances, which technically if we put them in the back of the net, would have seen us, you know, scoring two goals, could have even scored three goals, but we didn't score them. And as a result, you know, Pontus Janssen doing the hokey cokey, he um, <laughs> gave the ball to you and you got the ball on the break and your man, Dan Juma, scored the goal. But I mean, I mean, how did it feel? Because obviously you were in the stadium on Monday night and how did it feel about being there? Managed to get a ticket, yeah. One, one of the, first of all, when you're going into a ground and there's about 2,000 people there, just took me back to the Division 4 games that I've spent most of my life watching at Bournemouth. And um, sort of the almost half-empty, more than half-empty grounds. Uh, having said that, because of the way that people are dotted around very evenly because of social distancing, uh, there is a, quite a different atmosphere. Normally, a game where you've got 2,000 fans, they're kind of pushed up into certain areas, um, separated from each other, where everybody was evenly spaced out. I, I, I watched the highlights on TV later, and we actually sounded quite good, I thought, considering there was only 2,000 people rattling around in that station stadium. I thought, that's all right. That actually doesn't sound as, you know, hearing the roar when the goal went in. I thought, oh, actually, I can see the players could have got something out of that. I love being there. It is an unusual experience sitting there with your mask on. Um, because you're not sat with people, apart from the person you go with, you're not sat in the same spaces with, so people who do a lot of singing are not in the same part of the ground as they would normally be. I don't know how it's going to work at Brentford, but at, at Bournemouth, we were all dotted around in places that were unfamiliar to us, not where we would normally sat, sit. So for this game, I was behind the home goal. Normally, I'm sat in the side stand uh, watching the game move from left to right. Uh, so it was really good. Really, really enjoyed being there. Loved being there. There's nothing better than going watching football, is there? Um, as for the game itself, I thought Brentford were not a patch on the way we've seen them play previously against us this season. Uh, I thought they were one of the better teams, clearly one of the better teams in our division. Um, but I didn't think much of them against us on Monday night. And I thought considering the injuries and considering the way up-down way we were playing from time to time. I came to the end of the game and thought, well, this is OK. I feel like, well, actually, Brentford could be there for taking because I, I wondered if you, you seemed a little bit lost without being able with Cameron Carter-Vickers and Steve Cook and then Meppham, who replaced him when he was injured. They kind of had time. Tony sort of boxed off and sorted, really. And I started to wonder, what can you do if you, if you can't use him? If Brentford aren't able to, to take to take their lead from him, what else is left? I know you'll be going to name a whole list of players who can do other things, but I don't think you're a one-man team. But at the same time, he's a big loss if he's not delivering and taking part. Am, am I That's right? That's right. I mean, of course he is. You know, the, the thing about it is that, he, of course, he scores goals, but he doesn't only score goals. He also defends. You know, he's out in the wing. He does everything as well, you know. And I think this is the, the this is the dilemma for away fans because, oh, not wait for the opposition because sometimes they think, what's, they, what's Ivan Tony doing? Because they all go out and mark him. But then if he's not, if he's not sort of sitting in front of the goal and he's doing something else, then, you know, and he's feeding it in for other players, it may cause different issues um, for the, the opposition. But no, we know he was quiet we talked about it him and force were very quiet but you know things may be different on Saturday but just coming back to the game as well because like I said to you you know 
one good thing is that we believe that we may actually have um, a bit, bit of an advantage over you because we've already done two games, you know, at New Griffin Park. We did the, Bar- uh, the, the Blackburn game and also we did the Derby game. So two games at New Griffin Park where we got the fans in. We did like you did where, you know, I was sitting there with my daughter and my son, but then we had people around us who you never knew and we were sitting in the side. What they've done this time is that they've actually tried to allocate people in the stands where they've actually bought their season tickets. And the, the, the stand that we are, beyond the goal, which is the, the south stand, is actually the inverted commas singing section. So loads of people in the south stand are going to be in that area as well. So I'm hoping that will actually kind of make a bit of a difference, the fact that we're actually in the end that you're going to be. And they've tried to get as many people to be clubbing together as possible. So they've actually got us to get together in a group. So we've gone out of our way to get you know twos and threes and fours in together so you can get in groups of sixes you know and so people are going to be singing in, in, sitting in larger groups so hopefully that's going to help us to have a bit more of an atmosphere so that could be a 12th man against you fingers crossed um the crew on saturday because for us this game we know that we need to come out the traps we need to be on on, on, on the ball we need to have some of our players who weren't really on the ball on Saturday you know your Jensen's of the world like you know even your Fossu's of the world we need to have them actually on the ball because if we're not you know losing that midfield game it's going to be all over for us you know we need to make sure that Ivan Tony is being fed you know the ball because at the end of the day he can't do everything himself even though he is a tremendous player but also the other thing is that I noticed that you you can be rocked you know first of all you're not great in the air and second thing is that if you if you if you go at you at Bournemouth, you know you, you're, you're rocked. And in the last 10-15 minutes, when we changed our formation, I noticed that you kind of like you know you were definitely playing out for the one nil win, and you you weren't as adventurous as you were early on in the game. Which some people might say it's closing out the game, but at that point, I just thought to myself, tell you something, I could see a ray of light for us on on Saturday. That's funny. I, I it's, yeah, there's you, a thousand ways you can interpret the same thing. Uh, I found myself thinking. They are keeping what I felt was that we were in control as best you can be when someone is attacking. Um, well, you made what was it three substitutions all at once? I think at one stage, didn't you? It was a complete. I was really surprised. Uh, I mean, different people reacted in different ways. I was surprised. I think Fosu Henry went off. I forget who the other person was who went off. I was a couple of players that I thought really they're taking them off. So with the injuries and throwing on fresh attacks, I particularly with Mepham having. Played very little this season in real terms. I thought, well, he's going to be targeted. He's going to be in real trouble. And I, I just found myself at the end thinking, well, was that it then? I was expecting, honestly, I was expecting you to score a couple of goals. But but there was a, a lack of de- decisiveness. And I think the other thing was, is that I think our, my players were waiting, letting you attack because they were thinking, you know what we can do? We can do you on the break again. And it felt, it felt to me that they were waiting for that space so they could come out and sprint at you if they wanted. But by the time it got down to, well, literally in front of me, down in the corner towards the end, I thought Brentford had run out of ideas in the last five, ten minutes. I thought they just didn't really know what to do next. So, so I mean, listen, Saturday's coming. You know, I mean, we're going to, like I said, we talked about this loads, but we're getting down the pub at early, getting like eight o'clock in the morning. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're going to be absolutely potty for a while. Like, you know, you know, you've been down the globe, so you've been there plenty of time. You, you know exactly what we're like, you know. So we're going to, look, win, win, win or lose, we'll be on the booze, as they say, you know, but we're going to be getting behind our team. 
and we're going inside the stadium. We're not quite sure what the formation's going to be, but the, the interesting you talked about those changes. Part of the reason why those changes were is like, you know, we've had a couple of long-term injuries and surprisingly they were in the squad on Saturday, but they obviously didn't play them from the start, but they came at the back end of the game and we were quite sort of buoyed by the way that they played at the back end of the game. We've got Dallas card, we've got Henry as well. So hopefully they'll be, you know, if, they, if, they're, if they're on form properly, they'll, they'll be playing them on Saturday. So we think there might be a few changes on Saturday, which might be even a little bit more um, similar to what the regular beast team looks like so I'm just wondering for Bournemouth you know what are you expecting and how do you think that you are going to maintain your 1-0 or whatever it is lead and get into the final well I think we're going to have a forced change I think we're going to see um, is I think it's a good chance that Mepham might start if uh, if Cook is injured still um, that's the most obvious and most important change if you lose a captain and a captain who's played Premier League for five years um, that's a big deal. Uh, having said that, I thought Mepham came in really, he really impressed me because he's been out a long time. Uh, so that was good to see, but that obviously leaves us a question coming up on Saturday. Uh, the other question is, is Pearson who went off injured as well? I don't, at this stage, at the time we're talking, I still don't know what's going to happen with him. I thought well, Wilshire did well coming in um, to fill in for him when he was subbed on. Um, people have got to, people who don't watch Bournemouth probably to- there's probably a tendency to think about Wilshire as the, the, the lad who played for Arsenal who stroked the ball around against Barcelona he's not obviously not the same player anymore after the series of injuries and, and the like um, but he's been growing since he's come to us and come back to us if you like um, and I was impressed with the way he played and the way he moved uh, I'd love to see Pearson back because he's a uh, He's a pain in the ass for other sides, really. He's, he's, he's strong and he's positive and he's calm. And I really like him for that. Um, so I prefer to have him. I don't think, in the old days, Eddie Howe, Jason Tindall, every week you'd be expecting to see a slightly different lineup because he would form the team to deal with what the opposition were likely to be playing and who they were supposed to be putting out. Um, with Woodgate so far, it seems to mostly be I'm going to play my my preferred team, my best team. So I'd expect to see that, and he will now go and do the opposite and prove me wrong. (laughs) So listen, Russ, I mean, big game Saturday. We need a result. We need a we need a goal, (laughs) at least. And uh, we, we need a win, ideally. And obviously you need the same as well. You need to draw. Give us your score prediction. Oh, blimey. I've been thinking about this ever since the game on Monday, and I don't know. Um... I'm going to go for one all. all right. OK, so you're going to go for the one all. And I'm going to hold mine off now because I'm going to talk about that at the end of the podcast when me and Laney discuss exactly what's going down in this match. But listen, Russ, it's been great chatting to you. It's a shame that we couldn't have had a beer before the game on Monday. Shame we can't have a beer before or after the game on Saturday as well. So we're just going to have to touch base after the game. And hopefully you'll still be talking to me after that game, mate. Absolutely. Well, you know, we've been we've we've played against each other quite a bit in the time you and me have known each other. So yeah, we'll still be talking. I, and you can tell Laney I still love him. Too. <laughs> All right, I will do, mate. Thanks a lot, Russ. Cheers. Take it easy. So that was Russell, the Muff fan, Bournemouth fan. We, uh, we when we played them, remember in twenty was it twenty fifteen and we. Went down there, we went down to the seaside on the seafront and there's all sorts of weird... Actually, that's right, we went around searching for pubs and no pubs would let us in. Do you remember that? 
Um, yeah, no football, no football fans welcome. That's what it says. That's right. Yeah, that's just. That, I think Cheers. that's probably what. I mean, if the weather was better last week, we were thinking of going out to Bournemouth and watching it in the pub. But then, after we projected our mind back to the fact that they actually don't like football fans down there, so it wouldn't would be quite rubbish. We'd probably be watching it on our screens in a park somewhere in the rain because it was raining as well. So, but yes, but anyway, Russ, Russ is all good. And uh, like I said to you, it's a shame that we couldn't have gone down there, hung out with him. And uh, and hung out in the well, the rain and the sunshine, watching that game. But um, it's interesting because all the Bournemouth fans that I've spoken to, I mean, I've spoken to Russ and I spoke to other characters as well, and they they they're saying, oh, blimey, they're saying absolutely no chance. It's not over at all. You know, they're 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 saying, you know, they're confident. You know, someone's saying going to the first leg. You know, where other fans, I mean, a lot of Bournemouth fans were really worried about that first leg. You know, and they they knew that we had something on them as well. Um, the fact that they had the three bad games coming into that, it's almost like they said to you that some of their players, they were worried that they might have got injured going into the Brentford game. Um, but they also know that we've still got a lot of firepower and we're going to be at home and they know that we've got the fans there as well. So, there's, you know, they know for a fact that the game is definitely not over. So that's, you know, that's quite interesting. And hopefully the players will feel a little bit of nerves as well. Yeah, yeah, we hope. They they got every every reason to be uh, nervous. Yep, and as I, as I said, you know, it's, we can, we can talk about this um, and, and talk about how good we are, but we have to, it's, it's all down to ninety minutes. It's like, it's either the final ninety minutes of our season, or it's it's the one that sets up the biggest biggest game um, since the last big game. So uh, yeah, it, it, we we are nothing's changed since Monday night. We we are we are still a very very good football team. We're a very very foot, good football team that that needs to go and go to the heights you know the the, the PE uh, 5-0 win uh, you know the, the going going away from home and and just wiping the floor with teams you know we're not going to wipe the floor with Bournemouth they you know they're too good for that but we know that we've got the beating of them and with our tails up and with luck on our side and with the clinical finishing that we know that we've got in, in Ivan Tony um, and then and other players that need to need to you know need to contribute. You know, if another chance comes to Brian, he needs to take it. There there aren't there's no there, any more misses, then yeah, it's getting it's getting marginal. You know, if if you get if you get those seventy percent chances and they don't find the back of the net, then you've got to wonder will it happen. So yeah, just got to go out there Saturday morning, get behind the team, and and turn this tie around. Okay, Laney, I've got to ask a question. You are Thomas Frank, okay? We come into this game, it's a big game. How would you look at it? What are the key players that you might sort of stay? Who are the key players that you might change in this game? You know, is it, is it you know, <clears throat> is it um, uh, Dalsgaard in? Is Dalsgaard out? You know, is it, is it Bumo in? Is it Bumo out? You know, is it Canos at the back? Is it Rico at the back? You know, where would Norgard be? Is it back three? Is he going to put it in the middle? What would you do, do you think, to actually scare the, as they say, bejesus out of Bournemouth? I, th- I think I think he would be right to keep everything pretty much the same. Um, I, I think Dalsgaard and Rico uh, will start. Um, I, as I said, you know, I've said earlier that Rico needs to up it. I think he will. So you know, he, he starts. Um, Canos is, 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 is Canos and Fosu then I mean I, I don't want to create a problem for, for, for Canos because he, he, has, he has to play he's, he's, you know, he's in really great form um, does, he, does he get kind of a more freer role in the middle I, I don't think that's his game I think he's, he's a, he's a either, either wing kind of player um, putting him in the middle I think he gives the ball away too much to, to, to you know 
him giving the ball away in, in, in sort of like the far left-hand corner or the far right-hand corner or, or right on the edge of their area is not, not quite as bad as giving the ball away um, in, you know, just, just past the halfway line in the middle. Um, Fosu, if he does play, he needs to up his game. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to see many changes at all. I think it's just the, the two wing backs. I, I, I'd say. So the question, I mean, I've got to ask the question. So you think, you know, because there's a question mark, you know, Force or maybe Mbumo? What do you think? Um, I think no. I, I see. I don't agree. That just because Mbumo looked decent when he came on, that he should necessarily start again. I think he's he, he's good coming on. I, I think. I think we've seen enough of, uh, you know, not great 90 minutes this year where he fades. Having coming off the bench hungry, no, Mumbumo on the bench for me. Um, give for, you know, give Force didn't get really any service. He had that one that he, you know, he was he was running through on goal, but the ball was too far to, you know, towards the defender's side really, um, and it was a good bit of defending. So, um, you know, we have to give service to those front two. If you know, if we're going to play Force and Tony, Force and Tony didn't get much service on Monday. So if you're going to play two up front, then you you have to get the ball to them in areas where they can, you know, they can they can shoot. So uh, you know, it's, it, we have to, we have to supply them better. Um, but, then, but then again, give Bournemouth some credit. You know, they defended th- those two players pretty well. I'd, I'd say. So that's this, this is what we're up against. We're not going to get it all our own way. But you know, the players that do create the Jensen's, the Fossus, the Canosses, they have they have to get those balls through. Um, and then you know, if Godos comes on, he has to contribute. Otherwise, there's no point in being there. We don't, we don't need kind of steady eddies. We, you know, unless we have turned it around, and then we're going to close the game out. But we need dynamism. We need lots of high quality chances and lots of quality chances taken. You know, that that's where we're at now. Um, this, this, you know, we're not we're not with 17 games to go looking for kind of some sort of consistency we just have to we have to be at our best and we, we have to turn this tie around so Laney I'm going to ask you the muff at home playoff semi-final score prediction oh my god my head is telling me to go one all draw and it's not going to be enough I'm afraid um, but my heart is going to go 2-0 Brentford somewhere in the middle of those two mate you know it's, 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 it's shit or bust Bill you know and anything is possible I'm, you know I'm not I'm, part of me all, everyone listening to this wants me to say we're going to win uh, it's you know but I don't know we're, we're relying on three or four players to do so much better than they did on Monday if, we do, if they do that then we're winners and if they don't do that anything's possible Oh, and I'm going actually 1-0 which means it's going to go to penalties and we're going to have the heart out of a penalty shootout and I have to admit I've got no idea who's going to win that penalty shootout but as long as it gets to penalties then we can only do what we're going to do so that's a bit of a cop out from me but all I'll say to you is that of course I want us to win but it's going to go to penalties and you know listen whatever happens in penalty shootout is what happens but anyway this is the besotted pride of West london podcast i want to say to you first of all thanks everybody for your support you checked us out on kofi and if you support us on kofi it's besotted.com forward slash beer so thanks very much for your support on that we'll shout you out 
um, in the maybe the next week or so. You know, we just need to get over this. Yeah, but like I said to you, thanks very much for listening and supporting us. It's been really great. It's been a properly arduous season. This has been so hard. I could tell you, I know it's been hard for us, so I don't know what it's been like for the players as well, but it's not over yet. We've got a game on Saturday. You need to just get out, get early, get down the pubs as early as you can do. You know, yeah, forget this 11 o'clock business. You can get down there at 10 or 9 as well. Just get in the vibe. Get yourself, get yourselves down the stadium early. We're going to make some noise because we are, as Laney said earlier, the 12th man and we need to get behind our team. We need to be louder than the Bournemouth fans were. You know, we need to be louder than, you know, all the other fans <laughs> that we've heard in the stadium so far. You know what I'm saying? We need to show people that, you know, we are getting beyond our team passionately because we need to get behind them. But Laney, yeah. it's been good to yeah. chat to you. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. I can echo that. Being in the stadium is an honour on Saturday morning. Singing, getting behind that team is not someone else's job. It's your job. You're blessed to be in there. Make the most of it. Get behind that team make the most of it so anyway well, should we see you guys on Saturday after guys and girls and the Saturday after the game we'll be doing our post-match podcast fingers crossed it's going to be a joyous post-match podcast and all I'm going to say to you as we say we've got the ball coming down we're going to talk Russell he's going to come on come on come on come on come on you bees Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.